Hi, welcome to Solo BG. My name is Derek, and this is episode 008, and we will be talking about a game called Lucidity, Six Side Nightmares from Shannon Kelly. And this is because we're still on October of 2018, the Halloween month. And I'm here with my friend Caleb Wiles and Jonathan. How are you guys? Doing great. Thanks for having us. Doing well, thank you. Doing well? Okay. You, you're so polite, Jonathan. Yeah. I like that, yeah. So, Jonathan, what have you been playing this week? Well, I recently got one of the Kickstarter games that I backed. It's called Side Effects. And it's a um, pretty short, light card game. Um, but you're trying to... Um, you know, It's a competitive card game with other players. And each person has um, four disorders, like gambling addiction or depression or impotence and you get medication cards that you try to treat those and the first person to treat all of their disorders wins um but you know you're trying to get the other players so i may draw another disease that's a side effect from a medication somebody else played so you know you may treat something um, with a medication but then i can give you anxiety because of that okay. and so um it's pretty quick easy to learn um i think the box says you can learn in three minutes which you know you really can um and i like it you know being a medical theme it's, it's you know it's pretty cool to see the medications and the diseases so mm -hmm. Um, so I like it so far. Um, that's been the main game I've been playing this week. So you didn't cheat because you're a pharmacist? No. Um, and I do appreciate all, all the medications they picked in the game are, you know, pretty accurate and uh -huh. actual medications. So, uh, <laughs> I can't imagine. I, I was judging it from that, you know, from that standpoint. So all right. That was good. It sounds like a very interesting game. What about you, Kelly? What have you been playing? Well, actually, I got a chance to play uh, the game Jonathan was just talking about, side effects. And uh, the gameplay, you know, to take that game, which isn't exactly my style, but I did like the simplicity of it, the theme of it. Um, you know, it was a unique theme, and the theme really comes through, and it was very entertaining. Uh, Jonathan, I think, can attest to there was many uh, jokes about the, the impotence card and yeah. who, how we would be giving that to Derek oh, that, if that's he was your, playing. That's your favorite, right? Yeah. The card, yeah. We had like an imaginary Derek at the table. Who oh, yeah. Get... <laughs> that's not true, guys. Don't okay. uh, so the game was fun. Uh, you know, it's a quick game, and the artwork I thought was really amazing. Um, so, yeah, that was side effects. But the game I really enjoyed playing this week, I played solo, and I also played uh, with Jonathan and my wife. Uh, was a game called uh, Role Player. And again, it's a unique theme. Uh, it's basically you're playing like a Dungeons & Dragons character, but just the rolling up phase. So you're just creating this character before he go in, goes into the dungeon. Uh, and it's basically, the mechanic is, uh, it's sort of a puzzly game with uh, dice drafting. And you're trying to sort of weigh your options on how you're going to complete your character with the dice versus the order in which you can buy cards that give you special abilities. So it feels like everybody's sort of playing their own puzzle, but there's also... Uh, a good amount of player interaction, uh, considering you know you got to see what other p players are going for when it comes to the drafting phase. So, uh, a game I really enjoyed, both solo and also um, competitive. Yeah, actually, I heard very good things about the game, and we're looking forward to record an episode about it, about role player. Uh, but of course, right now we're in Halloween, October 2018. I'm sorry, and trying to cover uh, the most horror, mystery, and you know all those kinds of things, games uh, that we can talk during this month. This, this episode will be about, like I said before, Lucidity, uh, Six-Sided Nightmares, designed by Shannon Kelly. Now, what I've been playing this last week is actually another horror and mystery game, which is called Arkham Horror, the living card game. My wife and I, we've been running through the campaign, and it's super intense. Jonathan, you played the game a few nights with me. Uh, it's super intense, super deep, definitely my favorite living card game at this moment. I tried Lord of the Rings before. It's very good as well, but probably because of the theme and the new mechanics of uh, the battles that when you can, you know, draw a token from the little uh, bag and it's kind of secret and random what you're going to get. It makes it uh, more fun, I guess, 
for me, like I said, the theme, the mystery that you're exploring, like in Mansions of Madness that we talked on the previous episode, or like in Elder Signs or the original Arkham, Arkham uh, Horror, where you're exploring, you're investigating, you're getting clues, you're fighting monsters. It's a very good game. I've actually been playing recently uh, Clank, the original Clank, uh, in a solo mode where you can do it with the Renegade app, and it can pretty much give you a quest every turn, and that way you try to uh, achieve those quests and, you know, find those treasures in the dungeon. So both games have been uh, very, very uh, fun, and we also be trying to look uh, forward to do episodes about those games. So now let's take a look of Lucidity, Box and Cover. So now that we are in the Box and Cover section, let's talk about the box, uh, Caleb. What do you think is the size of the box? It's pretty small, uh, but it's nice at the same time. How, how, what will be the size of the box? What do you think? Yeah, I think it's about the size of like a resistance box, so a pretty small box on your shelf, but bigger than like a normal card game. Yeah, what I like about this kind of size of boxes is that it's super easy to store it. Like, you don't have any issues. Like, even if you have, let's say you have a game shelf full of big games, these ones are super easy to put like another, you know, drawer or something like that, right? What do you think, Jonathan? Yeah, and even, you know, if, if you were going to take it with you to travel, it's not... Too big to put in a suitcase. Or yeah, backpack, for, the, so, for the travel you're out, um, I think it's, so it's useful for that too. Yeah. Now, uh, the box, like I said, the size is convenient. The art that is in the front, it's actually super thematic to the game, and we will be seeing this art as well in the game cards. So you will have the title of the game, Lucidity Six-Sided Nightmares, designed by Shannon Kelly, published by Renegade Games, and on the lateral sides of the box, you will have the name, and it tells you that plays one of four players. Age 14 plus, what do you think about the age? you think it's that scary? Yeah, I don't know. I don't get the reason for uh, the, the age being that high from a complexity level. Uh-huh. And also, you know, this, there is some, I guess, horror art. So maybe that's the reason uh, they chose for that age group. What do you think, Jonathan? I mean, I don't think anything, like, in the gameplay itself. It's know, not hard. It's no, not a hard game. Um, and there's, like, even part of the theme, like, there's nothing that would be, like, a mature theme or anything. But I think, you know, it probably is because of some of the art. Um I don't know if it's necessarily Cthulhu theme, but it's you know kind of creepy, yeah. You know more horror themes, so I think that's probably why they have that age fourteen plus on there. Yeah, actually, before we start the, the episode, I was sharing with you guys that for me it reminds me of those tales from the crypt HBO shows, kind of that atmosphere of art to, to what you get on the game. It also tells you that it plays twenty to thirty minutes. That's a very, uh, <laughs> I guess, how how to call it, Kelly. How, how much do you think you will you will spend? How long will you think you will spend so, uh, playing the game? So I think the game itself probably lasts twenty or thirty minutes. The amount of time that players play uh, may not <laughs> live a, up to twenty that's or thirty a minutes. Issue, yeah. We'll talk about that in a little bit. Yeah, you can play probably two minutes and that's it. Uh, <laughs> so inside, uh, one thing that I like from this uh, the uh, the cover of the box is that on on the inside you have the FAQ and an overlooked rules. So just in case you have any doubt that how things work, you will have it there. And also, uh, you will you will see that the art on the Lars is very cool. So I guess that's that's all about the box and cover that we can talk. Now let's see what is inside the box. Inside the box. So now that we're inside the box, Caleb, what do we find inside the box? Well, the component quality I think is pretty good. It's one of those games that has a ton of dice. I think there's like 80 dice. Uh, in Holy the... cow, 80 <laughs> dice! <laughs> there's a lot of dice. They are um, sort of uh, small size dice, um, and they're all custom dice for this game. They're not normal pips on them so yeah. um they're sort of translucent and they look really good and they're etched so you don't have to worry about the uh, sides peeling off or anything like that so the colors are blue green yellow yeah. and red yeah right? four different colors to represent the four different dream styles in the game and then you also have like a dice bag 
um, some nightmare cards and you have some large player um, sort of summary cards and also player boards. Uh -huh. um, so I think the component quality is pretty good for a game like this. Uh -huh. uh, no really complaints from me. And I guess if, if you like the art from the game, they did come with, um, they're the same size as the player cards, but it's just a larger printout of the art from each nightmare card. Um, so it's just a bigger view of that kind of horror picture. Um, kind of a Cthulhu you mentioned before, right? Yeah, I mean, this one, you know, some of them have, like, this one's got, like, a dragon and breathing fire on there. There's some for, like, Envy and some of almost like the Seven Deadly Sins, but um, I don't know if the purpose was just to have extra art or if people want to hang it up, but... Um, it's kind of cool to see the full-size images. I, I'm wondering if this was like a, a stretch goal from Kickstarter, but then they just put it on the on the production, you know? Maybe. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Because I remember um, we, this game we saw Jonathan and myself on the previous Gen Con in 2018. And by the time that we saw it, it was just a little bit, I believe, a little bit after the Kickstarter. Yeah. So I'm wondering if it was this was like a stretch goal and they just... It was know, extra, yeah. Yeah, it could be, but it, anyway, it looks very good. The art is super good. What is your favorite part about the components, Caleb? Uh, I think the dice. I always like custom dice and translucent dice, and there's so many of them, so it's nice to reach into a bag and grab a, a handful of dice out. Uh, yeah, so now you, you like the dice. Uh, Jonathan likes the art. For me, honestly, the, my favorite part of the game is the eyes because they give you like those uh, like transparent uh, little, like what is it, what you call it? like a bubble, like a drop uh, that it represents that the eye of the character and that you will be... Uh, placing that eye on the track depends on how deep you want to uh, mm -hmm. uh, dream. So that's my favorite part of the components. So now that we talk about what you find inside the box, let's go to the gameplay. Gameplay. So now that we're in the gameplay section, Jonathan, go for it. So I'll try to do this pretty quick, and this game is pretty easy to learn. Um, and then we'll kind of talk about what we think of the gameplay and in our experiences. But um, each player has a, a dreamer card. And it's just a pressure luck game. So on your dreamer track, you start with, you either draw three, four, or five dice out of the bag. And every time you draw the dice out, you put two back. So you can kind of choose based on the colors. Each color has different things, um, different effects. So, you know, if I draw three blue and two green dice, I can put the green ones back if I want the blue. So I take those, I roll them. Um, you resolve different effects. Um, there's one where you get power. Um, some of those can um, go to a track where your turn ends, and then the other ones are more of the um, effects that lead up to nightmares, and those have certain abilities that just depend on the color. Um, but you'll see those when you play the game. But you keep pressing your luck, so if you start with um, three dice, and the next time you draw four, and then so on. So you either draw the dice up to three times and press your luck, or your turn ends from one of the other abilities. Um, but each player will do that. The main goal of the game is to get 15 power. Um, and then you win. Um, the only other thing that can happen is if you fill up one of the nightmare tracks of a certain color, you become that nightmare, and that will kind of dictate how your turn goes, and you don't actually get to roll the dice anymore. You just you, you will respond to what other players roll, um, depending on that color. Um, but you go until either everyone's a nightmare, or somebody gets the 15 power, and that's pretty much the end of the game. Now, Jonathan, this game we can play it, and Caleb, of course. We, this game we can play it one to four players. Mm -hmm. Can you talk about uh, the solo mode of this game? Yeah, I can talk about the solo mode a little bit. So um, you the gameplay itself is still the same. Um, the only difference is if you flip over the Dreamer card, it has one of the four Nightmares on the back. Um, and you'll fill up that card with um, a certain number of dice. You're still trying to win by 15 power, but you can also spend those power to roll the dice on that card. And if those go to the power side, you remove those from the game. Um, 
Really, the only other way you can lose in this game is um, you can still trigger nightmares, and if you trigger the same nightmare two times, you lose. So you're also trying to mitigate that from happening while trying to either get the 15 power or removing all the dice on that. Um, I think in the solo game, they call him the boogeyman. So you're trying to remove the dice from his card while trying to stay alive or get 15 power. Yeah. So, Caleb, what do you think about the gameplay, the, how it, the game, <laughs> the mechanics? And I know, I know yeah. you already told us more or less what do you think yeah. before we record the episode, but I want to, I guess everybody deserves to hear it. Okay. I got I to gotta say this game is in my top three um, worst games I've ever played. <laughs> hey, hey, we're not there yet, so just, just please tell me about the gameplay. What, what do you think so So far? the gameplay, it's a weird It's a weird thing to sort of categorize. It feels like it's going to be like King of Tokyo or something, where you're going to roll dice and then maybe re-roll with like a Yahtzee mechanic or a King of Tokyo mechanic to mitigate the results that you get. But there's not really a lot of that at all. So you, yeah. the, the main decisions you make in this game are uh, the things you do at the beginning. So you decide basically before you start how many dice you want to choose out of the bag. And you have different tracks, so you, you can choose, I think, three, four, or five, for example, to start with. Yeah. And then from those dice that you draw, you get to choose which two colors to remove. Uh, and that's basically, I, I feel like, where most of the decisions in this game lie. Once you roll the dice, things just sort of happen on rails. Um, so it, it's more, it, it feels like I'm playing a much more complicated version of War, um, where you roll the dice and see what happens. Um, there just doesn't seem to be a lot of decisions that, that get to be made. And then after you place things down, you decide whether you want to do it again. And then, you, you know, you make the same decision of eliminating some dice. But it's not always clear why you would do uh, one color, color over another. Uh, and you're basically, again, just kind of rolling the dice, seeing what happens. Uh, rinse, lather, rinse, so repeat. pretty much waiting to, for not to go into a nightmare, right? Yeah. I, one of the weird things about this game, so I've, I've played it, I think, four times. Uh-huh. Um, and it could be that I'm just really bad at rolling dice, or it probably, could be that... Yeah. You, know, you know what it is, Jonathan? Probably this time that we're play, paying close attention to Caleb, and he's not able to cheat, like always. So that's why yeah. he's complaining. This is know? the game yeah. I need to cheat. And yeah. Switch <laughs> the dice for King of Tokyo dice, yeah, yeah. and then I'll we, be able to... We need to bring the King of Magician back, in that way he can Yeah, but so, tricks, so yeah. I played four times. Uh, uh-huh. The first three times, I was out after round one. Yeah, uh, I told you that you can take two minutes in the game. <laughs> and then the second time, I said, okay, I'm going to be super um, you know, cautious. So I chose the most cautious route, and I was out in round two. Uh, yeah. And in either case, that I feel like I had any decisions to make. So uh-huh. so just to, to mention again uh, the, the, you know, the turn that you've been playing, that, that is called the dreamer turn. So first you choose a sleep track. Like you said, you decide how many dice are you going to roll. Then you draw and return some of the, those dice because... Let's say, like Jonathan mentioned before, I guess, you if you choose five, you're going to draw uh, five, but then you're going to return two to the back, and you're going to resolve the dreams or the nightmares or whatever is the result of the dice. You will be filling the spots, and then you will draw again, and then you turn, and that's if you can go to a nightmare very fast, like you mentioned, you play only for two minutes, and that's it. You're just expecting for other players to roll your nightmares, in that way you can drag them to your uh, scoreboard, I guess. Uh, and then... It will be a nightmare turn, but that is pretty much what you, what you will do if you became a nightmare. So this game, like we mentioned before, you can play it one to four player, uh, com- well, two to four players competitive, or you can play it also solo, which that's why we're having this, this game today. So now that we talk about the gameplay, if you don't have anything else to add, uh, let's jump into my favorite section of every episode. If we rather play this game better as a solo or cooperative. Solo or cooperative. So now we're in my favorite section of the show, especially when we have these kinds of games. 
Uh, if we rather play solo or cooperative, which in this case for lucidity will be if we rather play uh, competitive or solo. So Caleb, how else you will describe this game? Like uh, now I say solo or competitive, what will you think? Well, I, th I think option number three is is just where Caleb's not going to play it ever again. I know, I know. <laughs> <laughs> That's my vote. Let's, let's give him the opportunity to express himself about lucidity, and I will try to defend lucidity with all my energy. Okay, I guess my ma my main gripe with the game. First of all, I think the theme. When you guys told me about the game, when I saw the components, I said, "Oh, this is going to be awesome." I knew it was a light game. I thought I would, you know, it'd be something that I would enjoy. It seems like the kind of game that maybe the designer could have sent this off to a developer to play through it and play test it maybe more, okay. and maybe they could have added some ways to mitigate your dice results um, and you know allow the players more decisions to be made. Uh, when we played this originally at Gen Con. I, we played a few rounds of it, and I, I just thought, I, I left that night thinking, I just don't know how to play this game. I'm missing a rule. I, I didn't do something. So I went home, and even though I hated the game, I did more research. I watched more videos to see, like, what, what am I missing? Uh, it felt like it was, you, was... You went into the nightmares, right? Yeah, yeah, I felt like I was being punked or something. Yeah. Uh, so I, here, here's what it comes down to when, when you actually get to the game. Uh-huh. Besides the lack of decision making, this game also has player elimination, and it has the worst player elimination I've ever seen because you have player elimination on both sides. So you can either die outright by filling up your death track or whatever they call that, and then you're just out of the game, you can leave the table, you're done for. Uh, or you can turn into a nightmare, which seems like maybe that could be cool thematically. And But what that ultimately means is that you turn over your card, and you don't roll any dice anymore, and you watch other players play. But you can still win. You can still win, but now it's almost even worse, because now you have to watch the other players play, and if something happens, you have to stop them and say, oh, wait, this thing happened, I get one power. And then you watch them play for more, and you get more power. When we play this at Gen Con... Uh, in both games, all but one player had been eliminated or turned into a nightmare. So we had three people watching one person play, and we just played it again tonight right before the podcast. Uh, and this time, we each got, I think, two turns. Mm -hmm. But, uh, Derek, you died in turn number two. And that was a nightmare. Well, but it, but it was my fault because I pushed my luck, like, you know. We, we could maybe say that, uh, but you were, you were dead, and I was a nightmare, so that was just watching, you know, one person play for the rest of the time. Yeah, but thematically, it's like you're the nightmare, so you're trying to drag the other dreamers... Well, thematically, I should be able to go take a nap, which would be better. <laughs> I guess, we'll but... wake you up when you win. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, what, what do you think, Jonathan, about the, about the game? Do you, does, do you rather play this game solo or competitive? Well, I think if you play solo, you at least get options, and you can kind of strategize when you're going to take certain dice off the boogeyman track. We're here, mm -hmm. um, you know, like, for example, when, what Caleb's talking about is a nightmare where you really don't get actions, you don't get to roll any dice. Um, but when a dreamer rolls, whatever your color of nightmare is, um, you get to take that and you get power and then you usually get to make them do something else. But, um, you know, besides that, you're just waiting them for them to roll blue or green and they get to choose dice. So if they put back the two blue dice, then you don't really get to do anything. Um, I think part of the issue too, is when we first played the game, we demoed it at Gen Con, Derek and I, and, and I was super drunk because I remember, I remember when I asked you, Jonathan, are you getting this game? And it's important to mention that we are in the same uh, board game group, uh, weekly board game group. So I remember asking you, Jonathan, are you going to get the game? Because if you're not, I'm going to get it. Because it, it looks super amazing. Like, the theme for me, it was automatically I get it, like, mm -hmm. right away. And I had a lot of fun when I when we did the demo on the, on the Gen Con. Yeah, and I, I think what we realized when we were teaching Caleb and uh, his wife how to play, uh, some of the rules were explained a little differently. Um, at Gen Con, so like, that's not, I was reading the rule book and I'm like, well, that's different and that's different. And I think some of the things that 
made it more enjoyable at Gen Con. That's that, the, that the was, people over there, that crowded or what? No, I think just the way he explained it. I mean, it seemed like we had more options. So probably know? he was a game designer or something because he was explaining it so think cool. So. You know? I think he just didn't know how to play. <laughs> um, but you know, I, I don't think it. I don't necessarily think it's the top three worst game ever. But <laughs> no, 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 no. You, but, you're too um, severe, Caleb. Yeah. But I think it is one of those things where you know, I feel like most of the times I've played, I, I could be a nightmare first turn. I mean. I mean I've had that happen unless, you know, some of the other abilities let you move dice, kind of. Okay, but you didn't, but, you didn't answer my question. Solo well, or competitive? Oh, well, surprisingly for me, it'd probably be solo. I mean, that's um, weird for you because yeah. you usually... But at least for solo, you get to make your, the decisions the whole game and you get to play the whole game yeah. until you lose, so... <laughs> now, surprising for me, I would say that I would rather play this game competitive. I don't know what was it, but when we played it before uh, the episode, I really enjoy it and I finally, I think like I finally get... The strategy, well, let's let's not call it the strategy. Like the the way that the game works, and and more, I was more in deep with the theme. Yeah, I mean, we need to be honest. There's no strategy on this game. It's pretty much pretty much a uh, you know press your luck. But I don't think it's a very bad game. Like you, like Caleb said, on the top three of the worst of the worst. I think Assassin's Creed, for example, it's a, like a, the <laughs> ultimate you know game. But I think. This game, I, I like it, I enjoy it, and yeah, I definitely, this, I prefer to play the game as a competitive. Now, Caleb, once again, on the previous episode we did it, we changed our rating system. Before, we used to go by BoardGameGeek.com rating system, and now we change it to kind of similar to Netflix rating system. So, can you explain us a little bit more about that again in this episode, and then we can rank this game? Yeah, so the old old Netflix, I think they moved away from it, but I've always enjoyed it. With a yeah, five star system, yeah, it's, it's system. not like a thumb up and thumb down. Yeah, it's not thumb up and thumb down. It's just basically a one to five system. Uh, one means you hated it. Two means you didn't like it. I can see where you're going, so <laughs> you, right. you better stop. We now. don't need any more than that for no, this. No, no. Renegade Two is very good game. Renegade, so you, better, you better stop. And I should mention, like when I say it's one of the top three worst games, you know, part of that's just me being uh, facetious, but. Normally, I do my research for a game, and I can tell a book by its cover to a certain extent. So are I don't you, play are you the sure really. You did the research for this game. Well, I'm just saying. So I normally don't play a game that's probably actually the worst game. There's probably mm-hmm. worst design games for you sure out there. You played Assassin's Creed, I remember. I did play Assassin's Creed. And it's the worst of the worst. I'm gonna have to beg to differ on you <laughs> compared to this one. <laughs> okay. um, so this one, I guess, made it through the normal filters where the art was there, the, the you know the publisher was there. I thought, wow, the theme okay. is there, Hold and on. that's you were explaining the way. Yeah, yeah. Don't, don't go too excited. Do we need to get more on there? No, no, one no, or no. two for all of us. No, we no, need to see how we. How are we going to rate the okay. game? Yeah, so. so a three is that I like it. Uh, a four is I really liked it. And a five is I loved it. Oh, my God. I see where you're going. Yeah. <laughs> okay. okay. So now uh, tell us, Kelly, where do you want to put this game? I'm going to put this one at a one. Oh, my goodness, dude. I need to ask why. I think you said so, so no, I no, think... no, I know, I know, I know. But, I mean, it's Okay. Still... So here's the thing. If you want to rank this as an experience... And you want to say, you know, I had fun. I like the theme. Even though I didn't make that many decisions, I like to see what happens. You know, lots of people play games like War when you're a kid or something. And I had a lot of fun with War. And, you, oh, you get a, you know, you get a tie. And now you get to have, like, a, a big battle to see what happens. Oh, we tied again. And it, and it can be a fun experience. Uh-huh. But it's not much of a game. Games revolve around players making decisions that have impact uh, on whether you win or lose. And there are some decisions to be made in this. But it's totally on the low end of, you know, most games that I would be attracted to. You're the worst killer. <laughs> I am the lucidity of people. <laughs> He's the one. So what about you, Jonathan? What are you, where are you going to put this game? Um, probably between a two and a three. Like, I don't want to say I didn't like it, but it's... So what was it, two? I didn't think like didn't it. like it. Didn't like it, okay. 
Um, and I think I it was more of a three when we played it at Gen Con, and then now having learned the correct rules. All now the that you own it, it's um, <laughs> maybe competitively it's a two, and solo it's a three. Okay. Um, I don't think I'd ever put it any higher than that. Well, for me, I think this is a very easy game. And because it's easy, I feel like this game, it will be a good game that you can travel with and you can show it to people that they're not too very into board games. And people that like the horror theme and all those kinds of things. Um, I also believe that the mechanics of the game are not the best, but also they're not too bad, like Caleb describes it. I want to give this game... A three point between three point five, three point two, like over there. And really, hold on, Caleb, don't make faces. Don't make faces. I'm taking a nap. Yeah, you're taking a, a lucidity. Uh, so the reason why, like I say, it's easy to play. I love the theme. That's probably what gives it a little bit of a push. And I enjoy it. I, I enjoy it before we before we start the episode. I enjoy playing it. I think like. I finally understand the mechanics and mm -hmm. like I said, there's no strategy. We need to be honest. On this game, there's no strategy. Probably in the solo mode, there could be a, some strategy when you decide towards the end if you have nightmares, if you want to save some points or you want to mm -hmm. go and try to kill the main, the main nightmare, I'm sorry. But other than that, there's no strategy in the game. But I still, I don't think it's worse than 3. I think between a 3 and 3.5. Now, let's talk about the weight of the game uh, from board game geek this is from boardgamegeek.com and uh, board game geek used five point of weight scale light medium light medium medium heavy and heavy i'm not gonna ask you you kelly because i know your answer so now i'm gonna go jonathan and then we will go with you jonathan where are you gonna put this game i don't think it's i mean i don't think weight's necessarily a bad thing like uh, you know compared to the five point rating system but i don't know, i think this would be a light game light game what about you kelly Definitely light. And again, yeah. light does not mean bad. I love light games. I love King of Tokyo. I love lots of light games. Uh, okay. Just not this one. For me, it's also, I think it's a light game. It was very easy to learn, very easy to play. Uh, like I said, I did enjoy it. Jonathan, I think you're a little bit below my excitement of the game. Yeah, I think I'm in, I'm in between you two. And yeah, and Caleb is just your comments. Dude. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you're still dreaming about the game. It's a nightmare. Yeah, it's a nightmare. <laughs> So that was it for this episode number eight of Solo BG Podcast. Thank you so much, guys, for being this night again, helping out with me and, and figure out about these lucidity six sided nightmares. I hope I hope we can have better games for you, Caleb, in the future, <laughs> right? I'm looking forward to do also the first uh, Martians from Ignacy Trusevich and from Portal Games, which I know that's a game that Caleb has a little bit of struggle playing it, but we will see how it goes next time. You remember, right? <laughs> we had a struggle learning the rules. I have not played the game, so okay, okay. I'm, I'm willing to try it. That's for another month. Right now, we're still in Halloween 2018. Guys, anything else that you want to add before we say the goodbyes? I don't think so. May you have sweet dreams tonight, yeah. Derek. Yeah, I, I will have. I will have some uh, very deep nightmares. Thank you so much, guys, for listening to this episode. Remember to follow us on Twitter, at SoloBG Podcast, on Facebook, SoloBG Podcast. And now on Instagram too, Solo BG Podcast as well. Our email, solobgpodcast at gmail.com. And remember, for victory, go tell your friends. Till next time, see you through the speaker and at the tabletop.